0: Welcome to the Kinja's Podcast. Here we will discuss dance, life, and whatever the f***
1: we want. <laughs> bride. Welcome back to another episode of the Kinja's Podcast, Movement in the Shadows. I'm your host, Ben. Remember going over to your friend's house for a slumber party? He would pop in the latest Street Fighter game on Super Nintendo or PlayStation for you youngins. And there's only two controllers, so only two people to play at a time while the rest of the party would watch, commentating on the side, critiquing the gameplay, and just enjoying the community of watching two people play a game. It was fun, and you weren't even playing. Fast-forward to present day. You can now watch your favorite gamer play your favorite game via your computer or your cell phone from the comfort of your own home. And there's a whole mega industry behind it now. Who would have thought? my guest today is co-founder and former coo of twitch kevin lynn and kevin's story much like a lot of us pretty normal went to school went to college graduated had a major pursued a career in that major and that career took him to various cities and from city to city he would experience different things learn different things and uh, find himself in different situations and just like a lot of us, you you stumbled onto things that you weren't necessarily expecting to find. And as he goes into his story of how he obviously, just like myself and a lot of us, um, grew up loving video games. And that was something that continued on even into adulthood. And he was very uh, sort of like intrigued by the idea of the community of the video game viewing experience. It doesn't have to be you actually playing the game, but something about watching two people play a game in a competitive nature is very entertaining, similar to the way that we watch sports. We don't necessarily have to be on the court holding the ball and shooting it. We fill stadiums watching two teams go at it and we're actually not even in the game and there's something entertaining about that. And uh, he and his friends decided to kind of venture further into that and to take it a step further. And obviously with the growth of technology and streaming video platforms like YouTube and being able to look up your favorite game and find somebody playing your favorite game and being able to watch that person play, that you're not even there physically or live and interacting, but there's still something entertaining about that. And um, he decided that he and his friends wanted to take that into the next level and um, enter things like live streaming and fast forward into what Twitch is now, um, one of the largest streaming platforms um, in the world right now. And obviously the way that Twitch is now versus the way that it started has definitely evolved. And what I really enjoyed about this conversation is... Uh, the authenticity of why, the the reason why something like Twitch even was birthed and um, the the authentic way that it connects um, with their audience as well as the audience with the creators, the content creators, and how it's also like naturally evolving now outside of just gaming. Kevin gets into the whole story of how it all happened and the the major turning points with the the amazon acquisition and all of those things and as 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 awesome and as incredible as all that stuff is i think what i really enjoyed most about this conversation with kevin is uh simply just the thing that drives him not the money not necessarily and not to downplay any of that i mean all that stuff comes with it but to build a community to build a bigger picture to open up the doors for the next generations and to fill fill needs. And obviously with the world in its state right now and just even in his personal focus and his passions of how he's uh, using his time and his resources to help um, individuals and larger communities um, as well as the Asian American community. Um, there's so many things that he is um, passionate about and just being just genuinely involved in. And um, I think for anybody um, in a time like this where it can be daunting to innovate and uh, come up with the next big thing and not to be super ar- just opportunistic for the sake of being opportunistic. But um, there, though there are a lot of uh, things that are happening right now that are discouraging and, and things that are, are um, there could be handicaps of sorts. But I think there's a lot of opportunity in times like this as well and a lot of, lots of voids that could be filled. And he talks about that. So I think for anybody who's looking to, yes, yeah, spin something that may look like something now into something that you would have never thought uh, could be uh, had you not experimented, had you not tried to um, create and innovate. And uh, he really gets into just how he emphasizes that in his life. I really, really enjoyed this conversation. He was a little bit pressed on time, so we didn't get to do the normal format, Um, We didn't get to get to a lightning round at the end of this one. But um, there's so many gems. He was just tossing so many things out there. I definitely think this is something, uh, an episode worth bringing out the notepad. Obviously, if you're not driving and you're safe at home, give it a couple of listens. I think there's a lot in here, super packed. I was personally super inspired by this one. And um, yeah, I think that's about it. Let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of the Kinders Podcast, Movement in the Shadows. I'm your host, Ben doing another remote podcast during these weird times, and this is the first one that I'm doing on Zoom. We've been doing the IG Lives for a while, but um, trying out the Zoom one, and uh, we had some difficulties, but we figured it out. Um, today, my my special, incredible guest is co-founder and former CEO of Twitch. We have Kevin Lin in the pod. Kevin, welcome. Thank you so much for joining, man. Thanks for having me. Of course,
0: I, of course. I'm just realizing I, now on Zoom, do I which window mode do i use i guess the gallery view
1: i'm i'm in gallery mode right now so i'm because if i if i switch to speaker
0: mode it's it's just i just see you (laughs) so i don't know if you want to see me in the oh we want to see i'll leave it on gallery we'll see if i'm
1: not important here you're the guest (laughs) we gotta get you uh, on the screen If, if, if anyone needs to be favored it has to be used so uh do it however it, I know, it makes I'm not,
0: i've never done this i've not recorded it let's see if this works okay I i'll just pin uh, my own video at
1: this i like not like quarantine or about like i would think we'd be zoom masters by now but like i <laughs> never even recorded such a noob still so uh, are, are we recording and good was that are we are we recording we're good we're
0: recording yeah hopefully it's working okay. yeah yeah okay. i just pinned my video figure so. it out
1: i mean Yeah, at at the very least, the audio will live on the the streamings after this. So um, if the video doesn't look as cool, then whatever. But um, I know we're pressed on time, man. Uh, You're a busy dude. Um, You know, we're straight up. You know, in this very weird time. Obviously, we've been now. I think I don't know, maybe nine or ten weeks into this whole sort of lockdown. I want to get into how things are looking on your end, but uh, for the sake of our listening audience, who may not be familiar with. Um, with who you are, can we get into just a bit of a, an origin story, like where, where you grew up and all that? And sure. then I'd love to kind of transition into how you became uh, Kevin Lin of Twitch. <laughs> sure. But, uh, yeah, um, let's get into the origins.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, well, my name is Kevin. Um, I grew up in New Orleans, born and raised. Uh, my family uh, emigrated from Taiwan to Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, university in East Lansing uh, to go to graduate school. Uh, they had my brother. My brother was born up in up in Michigan, and then they moved when he was very young to New Orleans. I was born there in 1982 um, uh, at Southern Baptist Hospital. Uh, grew up in a town called Kenner, uh, which most people don't know and don't realize that when you fly to New Orleans, you're actually flying into my hometown. That is where the airport is. Um, uh, and then, yeah, just kind of, you know, grew up in a little bit of a weird environment. Not a lot of Asian kids. Um, uh, didn't really, you know, do sports or anything, which are quite popular in Louisiana. So I kind of went into my own world of, you know, random stuff with the neighborhood kids. Uh, some I made some good friends uh, in middle school that, that lived just a few blocks away. So we would, you know, do Things like play video games together, play outside, uh, draw and do random random, random hobbies like that. Uh, eventually, um, went to this boarding school over in northwestern Louisiana in a town called Natchitoches. Uh, the school is called Louisiana School for Mass Science and the Arts. And from there, I matriculated to Yale for undergrad, where I studied ecology and evolutionary biology. Um, went from there to... I really drifted. I didn't know what I wanted to do upon graduating. I didn't really have a good plan. I I planned to go to veterinary school. Um, I took all the requisite classes um, and applied, kind of. Uh, Then I I started to apply my senior year and realized, like, for veterinary school, you need to do, I think it was 2,400 hours of volunteer work. And I didn't really have that. So starting my junior year summer, um, uh, I started to do some volunteer work, which brought me back to Louisiana uh, in the summer of 2003 to work at a Endangered Species Center um, and then uh, from there moved to New York post-graduation from college. Uh, really my excuse to my parents was there's this huge, uh, actually, actually one of the largest veterinary clinics I believe in the world uh, in Manhattan called the Animal Medical Center and I was going to go volunteer there. I was really moving to New York because my this girl I met in college that I started dating was, was living there. Uh, and it was, it was, uh, you know, given I didn't really have any specific plans, I was like, yeah, screw it. I'll go to New York. All my friends are going there anyway. Um, moved to New York, um, and started just doing random event planning jobs, uh, in New York, eventually worked for the city, uh, worked on the NYC 2012 Olympic bid, which was pretty cool. Um, uh, and then eventually moved to Boston temporarily. I was, I was really, telecom not telecom I was commuting on the Amtrak from New York to Boston to work for a beverage company that beverage company was headquartered in San Francisco uh eventually that they invited me I was just contracting for them just helping them with sales and operations in, in Boston uh then they asked me to come out to San Francisco in January 2006 yeah January 2006 just to meet the team and you know just get to know other people in the business and then eventually they asked me to stay um So I stayed uh, in San Francisco. I moved um, shortly thereafter from New York. uh, Worked for this beverage company, you know, in in the warehouse. We had we had bought a distribution, small distribution company, selling you know sodas and waters and teas and things uh, around the Bay Area, uh, really around Greater Northern California. And then uh, one thing uh, led to another, and eventually my friends from college drove across the country uh, after they graduated and started a company called. Justin TV eventually, uh, they launched it in 2007 and joined them, um, as COO in 2008, uh, we made it through the recession. And then in 2011, um, we sort of forked the company, uh, and I became a co-founder for Twitch, uh, which we launched in June, 2011 as a live streaming platform for gamers. Very convoluted, but yeah, version.
1: No, that's good. Um, so, you know, I, I grew up, I probably, I I would imagine I grew up right around the same era, the generation that you did when video games were, you know, the, we had gaming systems, we had Nintendo, Super Nintendos, and then, you know, they graduated to N64s and PlayStations. And then like, you know, um, I had no idea that gaming would turn into this worldwide phenomenon that, you know, esports is now one of the largest industries, you know, and like there was definitely an evolution of it. And um I would say probably the internet had a lot to do with it, you know, with like games like Counter-Strike and stuff like that. And there's like the, you know, PC, well, PC bong is what we would call them in Korean. You know, like people would just go to these like underground like rooms, like office spaces essentially where there's just a bunch of computers just like wired in and then people gaming online. And like, so, you know, in your opinion, uh how do you think, And maybe more than how, but, like, why do you think that gaming blew up in the way that it did and, like, kind of, like, really kind of changed the landscape of, like, entertainment and and now there's this giant esports world?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, gaming has been the largest entertainment vertical by revenue and user base for, for some time. And I think what, you, what, what people typically associate with, with entertainment is, you know, television, radio, uh, events, sports, music, etc. Um, but this concept of watching other people play video games was just an implicit inherent part of the gaming experience. I think about the console generation or arcades. Um, It's, you know, when consoles were, were, were just getting going, they were two player. Uh, But you'd go to your friend's house and you would watch, you would watch, you would sit there and wait your turn and comment and, and mess with each other and and then (laughs) play. Same at the arcade. You know, you put your coin, your quarter on, on on the glass and you wait your turn, but you're, you know, you're not like walking around or anything. You're sitting there observing and you're seeing you're sizing your your competition up or you're socializing Mm. and so it's, it's actually been a much more social experience than anyone thinks i think it's just been stigmatized so much in the past um i think largely because you know it is it can take up a lot of time it's a very engaging experience and so television and, and other media were, you know, basically threatened by that. And uh, but, but yet it was such a big part of an entire generation's culture and will be for future generations as well. It's such a great binding experience uh, for uh, people of all ages uh, and geographies and backgrounds. So I think now uh, it's, it's taken tools like YouTube, like Twitch, to exhibit that right there are basically vessels to amplify that outside of the physical world um, um so that, that that's really what it, i think it took to take off right having having uh the you know the proliferation of broadband um so that uh online gameplay can really start to propagate uh gaming as a core experience that's shared across the globe um but also you know tools like like digital media, video, live video, et cetera, that now have turned it into a content medium. And mm-hmm. so it took a lot of those, you know, lo- those things to come together for that to happen. But it really, I do believe it's been, it's it's a habit of ours. It's, it's a passive media consumption habit that we've had for a long time, but we just never thought of that way.
1: Yeah. Um, so, you know, with, obviously with social media and, you know, um, with the introduction of things like YouTube, right, where you can essentially, Look up anything that you want to learn. Learn how to do, or anything that uh, you have a general interest in. You could type it in and find somebody who's doing it and doing it well. And so there's like this: I can learn from watching on my screen, but I can't quite interact with them because it's a pre-recorded video. So there's like this live element that um, you know, like you said, something that we w- that we were always doing as kids because you know we go to the arcades, we go to our friends' houses, we'd be in the living room be in the same spaces and be able to like, yeah, size each other up in real time. Like, Oh, look at their technique or whatever it is. But, um, now when you kind of break that, the, the wall, you know, digitally and now, now you can be in someone, your favorite gamers living room essentially or their bedroom, seeing how they're playing. Um, I mean like you, you basically created the infinite room at that point. Right. Like, cause I don't actually have to go to this physical brick and mortar location to be able to see this person play. I could just log in. So the, who I would say, I guess maybe what was like the, the aha moment where it's like, yo, we need to create like this digital infinite room where we can log into anyone's or, you know, my favorite gamers room at any given time, obviously when they're going live and streaming, like when did that, um, sort of light bulb moment happen.
0: Yeah. I mean, so we, we had Justin TV, which was a generic live streaming site. Uh, think of YouTube, but live back then, right? This was 2008, 2009, 2010, when we were just scaling that business and, and really a lot of the scale of that business related to building a, a video platform, right? Actually being able to deliver these bits over the internet um, with low latency that so that it felt interactive as it felt like if you typed in something in chat and you get a response, it feels like you're part of the show. Um, Really, when we decided to focus on video games, we thought about it for a while. We did some research in 2009. We talked to you know, a bunch of game companies, companies like MLG and ESL, which are two big esports leagues, uh, a couple of the teams that were the esports teams that existed at the time, just trying to learn about you know, what tools they were using, how they were engaging with their, their fans and their user base. Um, uh, but it was, we felt like it was a, bit, a little bit too early. And then in 2010, we got a hold of the Starcraft 2 beta somehow. I know mean, when Blizzard knew us, we just—I I think maybe we played so much StarCraft they noticed that and, and and they sent us these early beta keys, and we were playing nonstop and we were we were also watching videos on YouTube. Like we were watching, um, primarily for me, Husky and HD were these two early and Day Nine were these two, like. Three early, I guess, uh, YouTube creators that were doing a lot of StarCraft II content, and so I would watch their videos, and they would they would feature a lot of pro players, like super high level gameplay from players like TLO at the time, um, Kiwikaki and, and a bunch. There was so many great. StarCraft two players obviously there still are, but that was the our own behavior. we were like, okay, we're, we're playing StarCraft two in the office with each other. We're having a great time. It's a great sort of connection tool, but it's also a good competitive tool for us. Um, uh, and then we're going home and watching YouTube videos to learn to learn builds and to learn how to get better. Um, and we had this small gaming community on the site at the time. Um, uh, uh and, and so did other platforms like UStream, Livestream, Stickham. They all had like these, these smallish gaming communities, but very dedicated, very engaged. They were, you know, they worked with each other, they promoted each other, they kind of managed the communities together, they built their own culture as a subcategory on Justin TV. And so we started to reach out to them, we started to reach out to people on other platforms, so like, hey, like, why do you do this? You know, why do you stream? You know, what can make it better for you? Uh, And then started to actually talk to customers and understand customers being creators in our case, understanding the tooling that they need, but also like the, the, the drive behind it. Like why do you want to make content on the internet? What drives you to do that? Is it fame? Is it just to get stuff out there? Is it just to archive your life? Is it to make money? And as we learned those things we started to build more more and more features on justin tv we've made a subcategory called justin tv gaming and then eventually in talking with with the creators that were starting to grow and and onboard on the platform they were like hey can you make we want our own home like we just want to nothing you know nothing specifically bad about justin tv but like can you make us our own place that we can hang out where we can have our own rules our own guidelines, like our own community, because we feel like we're just so different from the rest of the site. The site is so broad and generic that you know we want our own our own tool set, Blah blah blah. Over time, um, and so that's when we decided to launch Twitch as its own, own own domain, own you know discovery discovery we built around video games. On Justin TV, we just sort of had gaming as a category. It was catch all. So now you could search by StarCraft Two, League of Legends, Dota Two, etc. Um, but that was really the you know, really the drive behind it. Um, you know, you mentioned the sort of learning learning part. I think that, that was sort of our hypothesis a lot in the beginning was was learning mm-hmm. from the best players. I think really, and, and this is as, as we recently started to expand again into other verticals, we've done that for a while, but I think only recently is it really starting to take off particularly in, in music and sports and, and other big categories of, of community. Um, the game is really important. You know, it, it is a, it is a linchpin in the sense, or or at least an important foundational backdrop, in the sense of that's a thing you're kind of building the community around. But it yeah. really is about the broadcaster, right? Some of our top broadcasters are not really good, <laughs> <They're> good <laughs> at their games, right? They can play and and be convincing, but they're not like top of the world. They're not necessarily right. Top of the world. So you're not necessarily gleaning so many insights about how to become a better player um, but you are attaching to the creator like you they're they're your friend now so to speak right or they're or they're your celebrity of choice um and we build a lot of the mechanisms around the site including monetization um so that they can deepen those relationships um and so it's it's really starting to work in other categories as well
1: yeah i wanted i wanted to touch on the that the uniqueness i would say out of all other live streaming platforms that exist now. I mean, yeah, the, like you name it, each social media kind of has its own version of a live stream, but um, Twitch has the unique ability um, to monetize. And like, there's that whole ability to essentially donate to um, the the content creator that, that you're subscribed to. Um, when, uh, like, how did that thought um, come about first I, I would say i mean i could be wrong but it seemed like that was a unique thing i was like oh shoot because when i had first heard about twitch i was like oh i heard it's like this streaming like live streaming gaming platform and i was like okay that's cool and it's like but you can like make money off of it because people donate to you and i'm like wait what <laughs> you know like it's yeah. really cool you know and so um yeah like what were the what were the thoughts behind adding that feature in there
0: Yeah, I mean, so we started with advertising. I mean, that was one of the first monetization tools we added to Justin TV. That was largely because that was the state of the art, right? Uh, YouTube was doing that. Other platforms were doing that when it comes to video. This was a video ads at the time were not really that mature as an industry yet, but they were certainly growing and becoming standardized. And so we started there, but um, the feedback around or sort of the, the short story around how we ended up with subscriptions which was our first uh direct payment mechanism for users to contribute to uh and patronize um creators was through creator feedback we had we had a couple folks in the very beginning that that were convinced that this would work a couple creators that were convinced that this would work now there was precedence you know in in china in korea in japan already there were a number of platforms that used not a subscription system, but a donation and tipping system. So you look at YY, Nico Nico, uh, Africa uh, in in Korea. They had uh, different sets of virtual goods that you could buy as a user that you could use during moments of the broadcast that would translate to real dollars in the hands in the pockets of the of the creator. And so we knew that, and we researched it pretty heavily. Um, but a, a lot of our creators said, hey, like, we think you know, subscriptions are better. Day 9 was one. Um, DJ Wee, like, there were a bunch of folks that uh, were thinking about this for a long time and, and really convinced us that it could work. And so rather than having these sort of fleeting instances of tipping, which, which comes with, while well, 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 it's a great program, and we have it right now, we have something called cheering, we have a virtual good called Bits that you can use for that similar mechanic. Um, it's kind of a tiresome thing to constantly have to think about how do I get more tips versus a subscription where it's like, okay, someone subscribed for a right. month, I can deliver to them specific value that's understandable. And so I don't feel this constant pressure of like, how do I reward every single person that tips my, my, my stream? And mm. so we thought, okay, there's this, there must be something there. And we had, we had personally, you know, personally, our team had um, some subscription experience because on Justin TV, we had a site-wide subscription. So we kind of knew how it worked. Um, but really it was, it was a lot of, User feedback, creator feedback, uh, and then launching and then testing and understanding like what are the things we need to add so that users feel like they're getting value from it. But at the end of the day, you know, most users are are subscribing because they want to support the broadcaster. And there's, mm-hmm. you know, since then there's been lots of different platforms out there, Patreon and so on. And obviously there's different, you know, sort of different mechanisms with similar similar products like Kickstarter and so on that, that creators can tap into. Um, but it really is that that patronage feeling is strong. Um, and when you look at using sites like Twitch, uh, the usage on a per day basis is typically over an hour and a half on a per user basis. And mm. so you're spending a lot of time with these creators. Um, and so when a creator says, hey, like, hook us up, you know, we want to be able to do this full time. We want to entertain you full time. We don't want to, you know, we, we want to be able to quit our jobs to do this. That's a pretty strong appeal for $5 a month when, you know, there's a whole cohort of, well, there's a whole generation used to, or generations, used to paying, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month for cable when there's no personal appeal. There's not really community around that television experience. There there is local, right? You know, like traditionally, um, family, friends, water cooler talk at work, et cetera, et cetera. And that obviously has been amplified by social media. Um, But that feeling of like, hey, I can support this specific individual person by contributing is a pretty strong appeal.
1: Yeah. Um, so I I get the, the, the community. I think that's one thing that i found to be most interesting, you know, to your point of that, a lot of these creators that, you know, are big on the platform, aren't necessarily the number one player for said game in the world yet. They have an ability to play, but more of a way to connect with their audience, whether it be through entertainment value or just really an ability. Um, and I think there's something about that that creates like this sort of community whereas you know i mean obviously if you really were just concerned about learning from the best of the best you would probably be able to go someplace else or or find other means of doing that but to connect in like a real life sort of scenario or as real life as we can be you know via technology um so even with the platform of twitch uh where it was mainly for gamers for the gaming community but then i understand now there's also a shift in um, it's not just gaming content that lives on the channel, right? That's right. Um, you, you find all kinds of, uh, different types of formatting. And so, um, was that a, a, conscious thing that you guys had kind of saw as a, a evolution of the platform or did that kind of just naturally organically happen that way? Like, can you talk about like the difference of like the gaming side of it to the, to like the IRL type of content that now is popularized on the channel?
0: Yeah. I mean, we always believed it. You know, we had experience from the Justin TV days that even simple talk show style or like walking around a town style of content in the case of IRL. Um, well, IRL is pretty broad now, but uh, that works. You know, we know that it works um, and that it really was about the connection to the creator, the feeling of hanging out. I think that's like, that's what a lot of successful live video platforms accomplish. Well, as you feel like you're there with somebody uh, that is, you know, that is the center point, Like they are the community leader, so to speak, which is the creator, and then everyone else that's in chat, um, that's hanging out, chatting with each other, chatting with the broadcaster, uh, and otherwise just kind of just chilling. And so we, we knew that that would work from from past experience, and we tried a number of different things. Like we tried, um, when mukbang was really popular in Korea, I guess it's still relatively popular. Yeah. Uh, the the cook, the cook room sort of you know sitting there and, and binging on copious amounts of food over time uh, we tried that because we were we were trying to branch out into, into Korea and we thought well here's a trend that's happening you might as well give it a shot um, And then eventually we tried uh, uh, twitch what we call twitch creative which was just this general like stream your creative process so it could be, uh, it could be making music, it could be painting, it could be digital art, it could be dance, it could be fitness, you know, it's just whatever you're passionate about, you can sort of now, there's this category for you. It's sort of the reverse of Justin TV, where on Justin TV, there's this like small little gaming link that linked to a whole bunch of different things that were going on. Now, within the gaming site of Twitch, there was this link that said creative, which had like everything in it. And it actually yeah. sort of started to parse that out into its own categories. But one of the ones that rose to the top was really just people just chatting. And so now it's called just chatting, but like, it was called, called IRL as a more specific, you know, slightly more specific version of, you know, a show type that was yeah. uh, more less about like whatever was going on in the background, like a video game or, or like a specific hobby or activity, but just someone that wanted to talk to you, um, uh, and build an audience and a community that way. And so we just, we, a lot of those learnings, um, came from the audience that came from our our creator audience right talking to them and saying hey what else do you want to do a lot of creators we just noticed while they were queuing up for a league of legends game would open up you know fruity loops and make some music or grab their guitar or like turn around and paint on a canvas and so they were were already exhibiting this behavior and clearly gamers are not one-dimensional we don't just go to work sleep and play video games although that sounds like a really pretty awesome life Um yeah. you do other stuff and and, and so then then as, as we noticed our creators were starting to exhibit that we talked to them and said hey how would you like us to handle this you know it, it, it's technically you know allowed I guess like we can't you know but 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 people associate with gaming and so uh, what do you want to do here and we would talk to customer after uh, creator after creator after creator and then we landed on okay let's launch this creative site so that when they're doing the creative side they can switch from you know categorizing themselves under Halo, or Call of Duty, whatever it was, yeah. to switch over into painting or you know whatever else they were doing, and so that 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 started to propagate. And that's how that's generally how we think about it: is yeah. we want to make sure that our community is growing the right way. We never want to just like be like, "Hey, community, here's sports," like all of a sudden. And so mm. it, it's really about engaging with them and making sure that whatever adjacencies we go into are well thought through, uh, make sense for the community. Uh, there's you know some existing overlap, so it's not just you know sort of coming in sideways.
1: Yeah. Want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Meister Watches. They are truly masters of their craft. From quality materials and masterful timepieces to functional lifestyle accessories for the movers and shakers of the worlds they collide with, Meister is doing it. At checkout to get fifteen percent off your entire purchase. We're always trying to bring you guys the illest gear for all your movement and the shadows needs. Follow us on Instagram at kin. Like us on Facebook at kin. Aesthetic brand. Well, so about what was it in two thousand? Was it fourteen when um, you guys got acquired by Amazon? Was it twenty fourteen? Yep, that's right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, had it. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, by this time, when you guys launched in what twenty eleven?
0: We launched Twitch in 2011, the brand,
1: yeah. So within three years to be acquired by Amazon, that's a a pretty big, big move there. Um, Yeah, can you uh, talk a little bit about like how that whole thing happened? I'm super curious. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I mean, the reality is we had, you know, the founders started Justin TV uh, in 2006, technically incorporated in 2006 um, and then started streaming 2007. Uh, Justin's Life, like the original 24/7 24 7 reality show that was the life of Justin Kahn uh, and, and, and his, his, his group of friends. Um, so, really, like a lot of the technology was built during that time, right? This, this giant distributed video system that allowed people from anywhere in the world to stream to our platform and anywhere else in the world to watch that stream was a technical feat. Um, and that was a huge competitive advantage because there were a lot of, you know, because we built the software and rolled out our own hardware, um, that is a, a really critical piece of infrastructure that we built, what ultimately became Twitch on. So a lot of credit goes to that. Um, and, and, and so that for people, for listeners to not misperceive that we built uh, a company we sold for Almost a billion to Amazon in three years is incorrect. It took a much longer yeah, than so that.
1: It's not, a, it's not an overnight.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if only it was that quick. Um, so yeah. you know, it was really more like seven years in, um, mm-hmm. seven eight years in, uh, uh, that that, and, and three funding rounds that took us there. Um, but a lot of it, well, you know, I think I think the interest really came when there were a couple of things that happened in two thousand fourteen. One, there's this Wall Street Journal article that came out that listed us as like the fourth biggest pusher of bits in America. Uh, and so the, the, the sites that you, you see there, Netflix, Amazon, Apple, um, Hulu, et cetera, like the, the expected, right? They're pushing a lot a lot, a lot of video, uh, uh, Google, of course, uh, pushing a lot of video across um, across the internet um, through their products. Uh, but here we were, this company that no one really ever heard of, uh, somehow showing up amongst all these giants. And so I think that that just drew a lot of attention uh, and then things, weird things were happening on the website. Twitch Plays Pokemon happened, um, and you know the, there was lots of news articles and PR a piece about it. And so I think suddenly people were like, "What is this? Like, what are people doing? Like, what are the kids doing? Basically, like, why are they spending all this time on this website that seems to be just about video games?" Um, and so that that I think was a big spark. But a lot of it too was we, we built relationships with a lot of these companies previously. Right. We, we, we met with the Amazon team as they were developing video games back in 2012 at E3. We met with folks from, you know, Google, we were working with Twitter. We worked with Facebook. We did a lot of, you know, we, 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 we used to work really tightly with, with YouTube actually, and, you know, uh, previously, when you were a creator, all, both on YouTube and Twitch, if you were live on Twitch and someone was watching your YouTube video, you get this little annotation pop-up, and so people would know, oh, they're live now. I click here, I go watch them live. And so we we were pretty close, actually, with a lot of these companies and their teams, just in trying to figure out like where's where's all this live, you know, not just live video, but where's digital media really going? And so we we actually partnered quite quite closely with them, and so those are really critical. Like for anyone out there building a business, like you know you got to think about those partnerships and 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 build good relationships there. Um, Cause that's, you know, that's, that's this foundation you need to build, build upon, um, in order for something like an acquisition to happen, but it was weird, man, like we weren't, you know, we had just raised around in 2013 and in 2013, um, we were ready to go. You know, we felt good the company was doing well. Um, team was, team uh, was amazing, uh, games industry was really on its hair. Um, so we felt, you know, generally really good. And then all of a sudden these conversations started to happen.
1: Uh, yeah how, how has that, or has it at all changed the landscape of the way that you guys were already kind of your, your current trajectory at that time? Did it, did it kind of like derail? Did it accelerate? Like how did that affect your guys' ecosystem? Yeah.
0: I mean, overall great, great, greatly accelerated. You know, we, it what we do is really expensive. Yeah, live video is very expensive. Um, um, and so really having the resources of Amazon uh, to, and, and expertise, right? Just thinking about new products like e-commerce, working with the Prime team on Twitch Prime. Twitch Prime's like been a huge boon to the creator community because now with every Amazon Prime subscription, you get a free sub token, And so you can basically, if you're a Prime subscriber, you can give, you know, basically money to a creator, which is great. Um, but really a lot of resources, a lot of that expertise from the AWS team helped us scale a little bit faster, or not a little bit, a lot faster. Um, otherwise we would have had to, you know, raise another round, um, which, yeah. which wouldn't have been impossible. Um, but, um, you know, it just, this type of business, uh, really expends large amounts of resources pushing bits across the internet, um, because it's an always on, you know, high bit rate, uh, uh, platform, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it it was really, you know, really, really great accelerant for us.
1: Yeah. That's amazing. Um, so, I mean, it it seems like the way that you guys have kind of, um, already been in terms of the way that you guys function has been a lot of, um, just being very aware of the world and how the world is evolving. Even the, your audience, how the audience is evolving, what works, what doesn't, how the creators are transitioning, what things are becoming popularized. And, you know, obviously during, you know, this specific moment in time where, you know, the, the world is hit by this pandemic and there's um, all, sor- all sorts of industries that have been jarred and um, uh, a ton that are struggling, others that are, you know, thriving. Um, so, you know, for yourself and maybe even the way that you kind of see um, the company pivoting during these times, how do you feel like, um, what sorts of uh, lessons to the way that you feel like the future of content consumption is going, to how enter- the entertainment world in general, the industry is going to now be affected by things like this. I mean, movie theaters are, <laughs> are effectively shut down, you know what I mean? And, and and the movie industry is figuring out, like, maybe we don't need to be in these brick and mortar theaters. Maybe it is just delivering it, streaming and all that. So there's so much transition, so many new things. Um, how are you guys kind of um, seeing this time as far as learning as well as pivot points and things of that nature?
0: Yeah, I mean, for us, it's it's been it's been great. I think, yeah, we, we're growing. You know, we're pretty much double from last year. And a lot of that is yeah, from the current users, you know, they're spending more time since they're, 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 they're at home. And, and, you know, I, I like to think of Twitch as a great, yeah, it's, a, it's where their community is. So it's a natural place to spend additional time. But a lot of new folks are coming in, right? A lot of, uh, a lot of DJs and, and musicians have been, and artists have been using the platform. Uh, a lot of athletes who are unable to work have been streaming on the platform, whether that's playing video games or just talking about whatever. Um, and so we're seeing a lot of additional usage that way and that, that's happening across the globe. Uh, so it's great. It's great that Twitch is there, you know, a platform like this that I think is provides some connective tissue beyond just like a passive viewing experience and allows you to really, you know, build friendships and and, and, and so on uh, online. I think it, it, it's great. I'm, I'm really, you know, grateful that, 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 that Twitch is able to be there for, for, for people in that way. And I'm grateful that, you know, Twitch is growing as a result. Um, in terms of everything else, like I, it's so hard to tell. I mean, I have to believe if I'm Disney, and I have Disney Plus. Uh, you know, that online subscription game is the premium online subscription game. Really is, it's it's purely it's a it's a content game. You gotta you gotta keep pouring in new stuff so that people stay excited. Now, Disney has a major benefit of having a great library of content, which you know Netflix and Amazon and others have had to really buy. But if you're making movies, um, uh, you know, I think. The subscription model is such that it is very great, reliable, recurring revenue. And so while the the, the days of the $200 million blockbuster, uh, I don't know about if that if that's really sustainable uh, uh, going going forward, or, nor is it necessarily smart. I mean, these things take so much time and energy and staff and, and, and obviously money and other resources that uh, I don't know how necessary they are. I, I love the theater experience. Don't get me wrong. Like I love going to watch a good movie with great sound and, and you know, the audience feel. So I hope that really continues to be part of our culture and, and, and in a safe way. Um, I think it will. Um, but I do think that launching uh, you know a twenty thirty million dollar movie on on a subscription platform is perfectly fine. And, and that, that recurring revenue allows you to continually plow, you know, additional resources in, into movie making and TV making. What I think is going to happen is a lot of innovation on that are like cost reductions on, on creation of content. Um, and, and because, you know, really our generation, I mean, you guys make content for YouTube and it's beautiful content. I think you're you, one of the, one of the most high production value pieces of dance content on, on, on YouTube, in my opinion. Um, but, but a lot of the, you know, that YouTube generation growing up and, and, and then future generations, they don't need a million dollars a minute CGI. They like it for sure. Yeah. And they can right. recognize how awesome it is, but does it really provide that? Is it really 10 x a hundred X of it, You know, the, the, the appreciation value, I don't know. And so I, I suspect you'll start to see a lot of innovation on that side of the business um, uh, in the, in the digital world so that you can use, you know, lower uh, lower monetizing tools like YouTube or Instagram or TikTok, um, uh, and and push people to you know higher monetization tool higher monetizing tools like subscription programs. So I, I suspect that's what a lot of the big guys will do. You know, the Amazons and and I don't know. Like I actually don't know. So hopefully I'm not saying anything that I shouldn't. But um, you know, the the big the big premium subscription platforms. I think th- those are like the, the the obvious strategies they can undertake. Um, but I do think it really also opens up, and this is what I thought Quibi was going to was, you know, they would go to the creators of the world and say, hey, like, we want to, we quote unquote, up level you, you want to make like slightly more premium content, we'll give you bigger budgets to do that. But they're not like TV budgets, it's not going to completely break a right. bank on Quibi's end. Um, so I, I think you'll see some, 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 a lot of activity in that world too, that perfect intersection of UGC that you might pay for, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, yeah. And you see that here and there, right? There's a lot of skill-based platforms that are doing that sort of education-based platforms that are leaning into that creator economy. Uh, and I hope that I, I really like, I see this huge gap there and I really hope someone someone really taps into that because that will help creators that have been really you know, at, at the game for so long um, just making advertising and sponsorship revenue. It'd be great to be able to add a little bit more revenue consistency over time so that they can really support themselves, but also you know support the next generation of creators. I just think there's a new business model that can r- really, really pop up there. That's really kind of, it's all pieced apart right now. Um, so I do think there's an opportunity for, for, for something new to be made there. Um, yeah, sorry, that was really long winded. Yeah,
1: no, I, I totally agree. And I think um, it's, everybody has their, um, you know, their eyes are open, their ears are to the streets and everybody's like, okay, Something's something's turning right now, and like um, you know, not to be super opportunistic during a time of a pandemic, but um, I think it is important to think resilience. You know, to to be like, yeah, this this may have this may have affected this sector in a in a negative way, but there's another sector that is now open, and now we can you know kind of like um, you know enter that space and and fill, fill that void in another way. And I think, you know, as you're talking about how, um, you know, though it, you do find appreciation in the super well-produced CGI, this and that, um, as we're learning, even through like, when I look at it right now, I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out like, how is TikTok so big <laughs> and how is it like trumping, like, like even like Instagram content? Like, what's the difference? Cause you know, you can put something that may perform well on Instagram on TikTok and it doesn't perform well at all. And it's like, there's a different algorithm. There's a different style of content. And it was just one of those moments where I was like, oh, I get it. The stuff on TikTok is just way more relatable and it just looks way more fun. So that everybody thinks like, oh, I could do that too. Like I can get in my living room and then dance and like, you know, whatever to the the most popular dance challenge song. Yep. Sorry, my dog's going crazy right now. But, um, but yeah, it's like, it's weird. Like you're learning that like there is uh, people change, people e- evolve in terms of what they find to be valuable, entertaining. And I think a lot of it is, relatability and all of that you know how how does this uh how can I connect with this thing in a way where it means something to me and of course we're always going to love the off factor we're always going to be blown away by the big you know big budget everything but um I think that there's what we're learning right now is that there really is a spectrum you know and um I guess so like you know during uh, a time where like let's say for yourself I mean I know that you know you're obviously Uh, busy doing things for, uh, for your industry, but, um, you know, to take it back to maybe a little bit more of a a personal headspace, um, you know, during a time where people are, um, you know, struggling with all kinds of stuff, you know, for you, how do you feel like you are able to sort of maintain balance uh, whether that be on a, uh, you know, personal, physical to mental and, you know, that kind of thing in terms of how things are shifting right now
0: yeah i'm not sure i know what i'm doing there i mean i i did i did i did start working out for the first time in like four okay. years um yeah. which has been which has been nice um i'm just trying to structure i've been really doing like i'm trying all these different things i downloaded this app called strides which is like a habit tracking app so i'm trying to add things in there like learn a language learn some sort of creative hobby. Uh, And it just, it stares at me every day and I'm like, I haven't done this yet. And so so those reminders and and trying to create routines um, is something I'm I'm focused on. And beyond that, I don't know, I have a tendency to just like overextend myself. And so in the first month I was trying to find PPE for for my hometown, New Orleans, because they were so hard hit. They were the highest per capita uh, uh, infection rate in in the world, I guess, for a while. uh, definitely in America. I don't know about the world. Um, so I was trying to help them out, trying to you know dig into that black hole and and figure out how to how to get like legitimate masks down there. And luckily, you know, a, a lot of there's a lot of great people helping there. I met a lot of strangers through WhatsApp and Slack and Discord that were just genuinely good people trying to find ways to get you know product as fast as possible down to you know hard hardest hit areas. Um, and so that, that, was, you know, it was a great learning experience, very frustrating and, and, you know, very frustrating at times, just so many terrible people also involved in that world trying to profit. Um, and so it, it felt, you know, felt like, you know, felt, felt o- overall, you know, it was, it was a good experience and, and hopefully I helped, help, help the people in New Orleans. Um, and then did that for a bit. Um, and then beyond that, yeah, just, just, just working to fill the time, which I think it's important to find balance as well. It's easy to just keep working all day now. You know, you're sitting at your desk on zoom and it's, it's, uh, you can get lost in that. Um, um, and so it's important to, to find that divide, but it's important to help right now and help could be anything, right. Reaching out to a friend just for a conversation. Like it's been awesome. Just having some friends randomly call at night just to say, Hey, and we end up talking for an hour just to catch up. Like, it's really, really nice. I think that human connection is so critical right now. A lot of people are stressed, a lot of people don't know what to do. Um, uh, a lot of people are out of a job. And so thinking through how to help there. It, it, it been, you know, there's a lot of great people in, in the Gold House community that, that are helping small businesses. And it's something I, I, I haven't really, I, I thought a lot about, but I haven't really done much in. So I've been working with a couple of folks in Goldhouse to figure out what we could do to help, uh, help small businesses, um, you know, get just, you know, at least, sustain until they can really, really get back to business. Um, so I think just who are, you know, dear listeners, like do what you can to help and help help comes in many ways and, you know time is help just reaching out to people being an ear is super helpful checking in on the elderly checking in on friends uh, particularly the, those that you know are living alone or, or and particularly out of a job like just 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 that simple thing is is really nice and it's a great opportunity for hum- humanity to come together and just remind themselves like there's a lot more to life than just all the things that we do in a given day for work or or, or otherwise like it's nice to have that just personal connection um, uh, but if you have the means, whether that's capital or 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 resources and you know, network expertise to help others, you know, it's a really important time to do that right now.
1: Yeah, I I, I mean, speaking of which, man, I mean uh, that's something else I wanted to touch on. I'm I'm glad you brought up Goldhouse and and the the amazing things that are going on. Um, you know, even just personally, man, I appreciate just even through the past, you know, like a couple months or so, we've connected here and there. You just been checking in with what's going on with Kinja's and like you know, how we're doing and, um, and just, you know, added just full transparency, man, like I personally appreciate that because, um, you know, essentially what we do, we don't even really know like what sort of impact it has, like who really is watching like, yeah, we think the kids watch us, but we don't know, like, you know, even for, let's say the greater Asian American community that like is paying attention. Like I didn't know you were a fan, you know, <laughs> and that you're, you're, you're watching us on YouTube and stuff. And so, for, uh, for people like you to extend that sort of help. Um, yeah, whether that be just through connecting through network and resources uh, or opportunities, um, I think that's great. And especially during this time, you know, there's, you know, uh, I mean, there's a lot of bad news every day on top of the coronavirus, you know, we're just hearing about all the, the racially, you know, fueled um, crimes to xenophobia against like Asian Americans and Asian people in general. There's so many things that um, can weigh you down. And I think uh, for there to be, um, a group of people like yourself like Goldhouse that are um, really pushing to help and to offer um, aid in whatever way that is I think that's so um, it's so commendable and I, i'm I'm personally just thankful and blessed by it so um, just thank you for that man.
0: Oh of course and 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 thank you as well. I, yeah huge fan. Um, and I will say like I know I, I don't know you guys all that well, but everyone I've met from your crew so far is just, really such a great I don't know how do you even describe it you guys are such good people like really nice super passionate about dance like it's such a great community of of folks who are helpful to each other who celebrate each other um who are just genuinely nice people and so I think it's 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 great to see communities like that particularly around such a beautiful medium that is dance and and so thank you for 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 building that community thank you for you know doing what you do to really promote the next generation of dancer, promote the community overall. Like it's, it's not one of those, it's not one of those industries where it's easy to make a career. And, and that that's, that to me is greatly unfortunate. And I, I hope we can work together to figure out ways to, to, to help do that for the broader community. Um, uh, but no, appreciate, appreciate what you said, appreciate what y'all do for the larger Asian American community as well.
1: Yeah, man. Likewise. Um, you know, uh, with the concept of, you know, obviously you're a part of one of the, the largest sort of uh, platforms and ever-growing industries, you know, and, um, you know, the, the listeners to our pod are generally, you know, probably within the realm, uh, you know, age group-wise, maybe from, you know, their, their later teens to their, you know, mid-20s and mainly within like the dance community space. But what I love about bringing on, Uh, guests like yourself who aren't necessarily from our industry or from our world but um, can shed light from a very different perspective Um, but you know like and a lot of people are you know within this demographic trying to figure out like the next move like what do I do as a for a career move do I pursue dance professionally do I do something else and there's always this like how do I get to that next level thing? And and I, what I love about bringing on people like yourself, the perspective that you bring. So in light of all just the things that you've learned, um, experienced and built, uh, I'm sure the concept of success is something that is like ever growing, ever changing as evolved since, you know, early days to where you're at now. How would you define that whole concept of success? It's
0: a good question. I mean, I think, it, there's, there's 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 a few different like core I think core generally acceptable or generally appreciated metrics that d- decide success right money is one uh, I don't I don't I think that's a it's it's a it's kind of a, it's an important one um, but it's it's kind of a basic one impact is harder to measure right that could be in our case the way we thought about it was the number of people we reach you know can we reach hundreds of millions of people around the world and connect them around this new medium um with a whole different economic model um, where people can make money from the safety of their own homes and um all the way to you know and 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 beyond that just personal satisfaction too right do you feel excited about what you're doing do you feel satisfied every day like do you go to work um excited about the people and the the actual output of, of what you're doing um and 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 many other variables i think these days i think about it a long more and 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 i guess i I guess i always thought about this way is like it it is impact and i think it is for me a lot of community building is what gives me satisfaction and and that's a really broad overused statement but for me from a purely selfish standpoint i want to work with people i like i want to talk to people i like and and i i used to be pretty bad at that like i would deal with people that i just didn't like and like i didn't agree (laughs) with their value system for too long because they felt like an important business partner or they felt like a special person or they felt powerful. And I realize now that it's just like, why, you know, why do that? And they're not going to lift me up. Right. So what if I find people that maybe I can help today and maybe they can lend me a hand in the future too. And it doesn't have to be reciprocal. Um, but, and it shouldn't, the expectation should not necessarily be to be reciprocal, but larger and larger communities, you know, tribes as they grow really kind of need these basic value systems like that. And so I think it's really about finding people who are passionate about what you do, what you're doing together. Um, and most ideally in a world where you can be, you can build a financially sustainable future, Right. And I think that's where my struggle is a lot when it comes to things like art and dance and music where a lot of the historical struggle and stigma is you can't make money. Let me tell you something, before Twitch and YouTube, gamers weren't making money. You know, you had to join a game company to build a career as a developer or a designer or story writer or or something else. Like if you wanted to be in the industry, that was kind of the only choice. You you can make it maybe you know when G4TV was around or something as talent, but it's pretty tough. Not like these days where gamers now make millions of dollars a year just playing Mm -hmm. video games. Literally, that's what they do. Um, It's not that much more complicated. It's hard. It's a hard job, right? Like I don't mean to diminish that, but I, I mean to emphasize that that didn't exist before. Yeah. And so I hope that other industries are able to leverage digital tools, digital media or otherwise to to really grow an industry in a sustainable way. Uh, and that to me is how I think about success. Given what I know and given what I'm passionate about, given my, my experience, uh, that's what I would hope to do with, with a lot of my life is to how do we figure out how new tools can help in new industries that traditionally are huge as in there's great audience and there's a great number of people who want to be in that industry um, but it traditionally doesn't really support career growth Um, how do you do that i don't know like i don't have a good answer for it and so i think these days success is experimentation particularly in times like covid with so much uncertainty it's a great time to experiment i mean let's be real like there's there's time we have time now right we're not commuting um, we're not flying places um, that may start to happen soon, but I think it's going to be pretty slow. And so use the tools that you have to experiment and don't be afraid. And I think that takes all of us to figure that out. Um, uh, so it's a great time to innovate. It's a great time to try new things. And, and a lot of it's going to fail. And that's, that's part of the process. That's okay. Um, but I think that, that this is a really interesting time to try out lots of crazy ideas uh, try out a lot of new things whether that's on existing with ex- existing tools or inventing new tools um but success success to me is you know coming out of this at least having tried
1: i love that man that's amazing bro um in light of that i would ask um so we have this thing called uh, the golden rule i mean everyone kind of has like a, an idea what that is but um for you what would be your golden rule your sort of like your life mantra the thing that you kind of like live by that motivates you?
0: Hmm. Um, I guess on a very basic level and this is something that translated through for example, Gold House is don't be an asshole. Um, But I think it's deeper than that. I think think that's too flippant. Um, I lean on a lot actually randomly. It just pops into my head. Um, Be excellent to each other. Uh, obviously i'm stealing that but i think it's a good mantra like I, I really i really like the thought of that um there's a lot to that statement right it's a very active statement it's a very extreme you know superlative uh, in terms of being excellent um and then thinking about it on an each other basis it really is very personal um, but also very expansive i've never actually said these words i've never thought about that phrase in any meaningful depth. So I don't know if I'm making any sense at all, but I'd say if I had to pick one, it would be, it would be that. I think, I think, I think that that is something maybe I don't, it doesn't pop into my head all the time, but I think is a good way to live.
1: Man, that's profound, man. I mean, it, it makes so much clear and like impactful sense. Like, you know, obviously it's, there's the, the golden rule, you know, the, in traditional senses to treat others, like how you want to be treated, but like to be excellent towards each other, like excellence is such a, such a weighty word you know and I I love that I love that
0: what's what's yours I'm curious
1: um mine mine to me it's it's uh it's life is always on time so meaning like um you can't ever rush anything that's supposed to be what's supposed to be will happen when it's supposed to happen and so even in a time like COVID-19 I'm just like man life is on time like something's happening right now where we can't rush it um and and the things the lessons that are being learned and as you're saying like experimenting and things people trying things that will take whatever time it takes for it to be discovered and then when it gets discovered it's like that was the right time so i always say life is always on time
0: i love that I, yeah so many what ifs right now like yeah, yeah so so important to remember like it's okay to just be in the present and accept what's going on and do do the best you can
1: yeah absolutely Mm-hmm. dude uh, Kevin I, I know you I know we're a little bit pressed on time we normally do like a lightning round but I just feel like uh, you know I've just been enjoying just the depth of just uh, your knowledge man and um, you know you you have a lot of um, a lot to offer um, outside of obviously your career achievements man and I, I think uh, what I get from you know even the times that I've interacted with you is um, the short times in person, but a lot of just, you know, like over the past couple of months, just over zoom and whatnot is uh you care, man, you care like very deeply about, um, about the people that, um, uh, in your community, the, the larger Asian American community, obviously you care a whole lot about the, you know, your particular industry. And I think that's why you invest as much as you do. But, um, I just, I just want to say, man, like I, I you really inspire, Um, myself, and um, I would, I would even, you know, go so far as to say, if I had my other kindred brothers here, they would say the same thing. And that's, it's, uh, we aspire to do um, essentially the types of things that you're able to do and and provide opportunity and to provide help and resources and encouragement and motivation for those that may uh, look up to us, you know, that want to do what we do and want to like, you know, step into the spaces that we step into, you know, we only got here because someone helped us get here too. You know, so, um, the just your heart for that and your motivation is, is really inspiring, man. So, um, I just want to thank you for your time, bro. Thank you for even, yeah, getting into a zoom chat. I know zoom fatigue is real and, and I know you got to hop into something else, but, um, thank you again, man. I appreciate you, bro. Um,
0: Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks for all. Thanks for all of your kind words. Um, uh, no, it means a lot. I I, I think I, I sometimes feel like I kind of motor through life without thinking about it, and it's good to good to pause and remember. Like, it's good to focus, and it's good to think about you know what matters, and 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 to work with people you like. And you guys have been so warm and welcoming, uh, and and you know I'm an open book, so if I can be helpful with knowledge, I believe knowledge should be shared. Um, so if I can be helpful in any way, um, I would also love one day to uh, learn to dance better Dude, than I do.
1: You already know, man. <laughs> once, uh, once, yeah, like you said, once things start opening up uh, in safety, we're, we're gonna be back, like, full steam ahead. So, you know, whenever you're around these parts in LA, you already know, man, the door's always I, open.
0: You yeah, I'm you. excited to check out the studio. Yeah, um, and
1: we'll yeah. some way to collaborate in one way, shape, or form, man. We'll, Honey, we'll, we'll figure it out, yeah um yeah how can uh, how can people follow your journey you know on uh whether it's social media or websites or whatever like how can people you
0: know, um so- i guess i use instagram the most these days so i'm just at vinlin v-i-n-l-i-n um i don't use social media too much lately or really ever uh i need to kind of probably figure that out by now <laughs> what's that
1: i don't have a hot tiktok channel oh
0: man now. i should dude. maybe that maybe that's where i'll start my my dance experimentation
1: yeah we gotta we gotta get kevin lynn's tick tock <laughs> um, nobody but, needs that man. <laughs> yeah, dude i need it I'm- <laughs> but uh but dude thank you again so much um thank you, yeah, for, uh, listening thank you guys for tuning in i've got sirens in the background which means it's time to wrap up the show uh <laughs> but if you guys are um digging it um yeah all we ask is that you screenshot your phone let us know that you're listening to it uh hop on your platforms leave us a five star rating uh leave us a review let us know what you're digging um who you want to s- hear on the show anything uh, all that stuff helps us get visibility and uh you're definitely hearing something going on outside but uh, be careful man i hope you guys are being safe at home uh we're we're almost there we're all still in it together and um yeah we're we're, we're gonna grow through these times and as you guys can hear and even in this talk uh, i'm i'm growing over here i'm being inspired So uh, thank you guys again for listening. Thank you, Kevin, again for hopping in. And uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace out.